The woods are lovely, dark, and deep, but I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep and miles to go before I sleep. The sea shanty thing is coming back one day, I think. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Fire the Cannon. It's the podcast where we look through all those books in the Western canon and we decide which ones belong or not. We have two hosts and they explain books to you, the audience, and to me, the producer. And your name is? And your name is? No. I thought okay, audience, now all of you say your name on the count of three. Oh gosh, this is going to take forever. <laughs> One, two, three. Great. Thank you. Your name. Okay. Theo, what's your name? Uh, Theo, obviously. Okay. What's your name? Rachel. Okay, let me introduce the hosts to you. <laughs> the first one I'm going to introduce is Jackie. Oh, I never get to go first. Hi, guys. I'm Jackie. That is the not second true one at all. <laughs> that I'm going to introduce to you is Rachel. Hey, everyone. It's me, Rachel, the other host. <laughs> I'm your producer, Theo. And if yeah. you're a wealthy woman looking to pay for a man's life composition <laughs> career, life, we're life. not kidding when we say hit him up. Please. We are auditioning for a sugar mama, preferably for the whole podcast. But I mean, Theo's really called Dig, so you <laughs> yeah. have to start with him first. But, you know, if you want to add the rest of us in, that's fine. We can come as a unit. Steven's my sugar mama already. And all of ours, I guess, because he does. He's one of our king patrons yeah. yeah but i want my own <laughs> i don't want to share well i already share you have to share that yeah there's a, there's a few key things that steven can't provide theo or doesn't want to i guess like what what are they the d no that's not what theo needs yeah i don't need like no that's d. the thing he doesn't want from his patron <laughs> you said patron you meant girlfriend Sorry, <laughs> you get them confused. <laughs> it's rubbing off on me. All right, so Jackie has some stories for us, or maybe we should say what book we're doing. How should we do this? I don't even know how this podcast goes anymore. So because winter is upon us, <sighs> we've decided to do a Frosty classic. Frosty Robert. Oh, no. I get it. <laughs> Not Frosty Robert. Robert Frost. Oh. Ooh, this is exciting. <laughs> or as they called him in school, Frosty <laughs> Rob. Frosty Rob. Frosty Rob. <laughs> I didn't know we were doing this. I'm excited. We. It's in the schedule, Theo. And we also <laughs> talked about it on Just let him in have the group his chat. excitement. Okay, be excited. Like 99% of the things that Theo is pleased by <laughs> is something that like he should have known and just didn't know or forgot. So. Yeah, Theo. So in that case, can you guess what poem we're covering? Uh, the two roads diverge in a yellow wood or whatever. Nope. Yellow woods are in fall. We're doing stopping by woods on a snowy evening ah. by old Frosty Rob. So Theo, uh, uh, I guess before we get started. Doesn't Jackie have a story? We should say that Jackie wanted to tell us some stories. <laughs> so go ahead. <laughs> that was such a weird roundabout way of getting to that. Why did you sound so reluctant, Rachel? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I kind of was like, it would be so sweet to do a really short episode. No, we got this. Jackie's going to do it. Okay. Tell us them stories. Yeah, so we like to start off by just kind of telling each other stories, loosening up a little bit, you know, getting in the mood, that kind of thing. Mm. So this week, as we are currently recording this, it is the Tuesday before <laughs> the 
Tuesday before Tuesday Thursday. Before Thursday. <laughs> and after. <laughs> it's the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. And my mother is hosting, and it's going to be a really weird so audience, Thanksgiving. And her address is. <laughs> um, no, but I'm driving down to North Carolina to, to be with my family. So it's going to be, you know, my mom, my stepdad, my two sisters. It's going to be a hoot and a holler. It's going to be a hoot and holler in the holler. It's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. But you know who else is coming? <laughs> My youngest sister's two Frenchmen friends. Boyfriends. Two, her two French boyfriends, neither of whom is her boyfriend. Their names are Gautier and Igor. What? They are what the exchange fuck? students. <laughs> or sorry, they're not exchange students. They're no, just that's not the part I had a problem with. Gautier. It's Gautier and Igor. <laughs> they sound like henchmen. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, do yeah. I love it? Bringing my two French henchmen. <laughs> my two Frenchmen. My my Frenchmen. Yeah. yeah. Henchmen. Just aspirate the F. Well, and Igor is the funny one, so I'm looking forward to meeting these two. Honestly, I'm I'm looking forward to meeting them more than I am to like seeing my own family. Which, what's the deal with Gautier? Is he the hot one, or what's his defining characteristic? He has a goatee, but it's a fancy French goatee. My sister is not dating either of them. To be I'm clear. asking They're just her you. Friends. Yeah. So she said Igor is a... the funny one, and she didn't give Gautier a characteristic. No, no, no. <laughs> no, she didn't say Igor is the funny one. I said I think Igor is the funny one because she was telling me. Okay, so just let me get through this story. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. So they're just her friends, and they're coming because they want to experience a real American Thanksgiving, but they're really excited to come because my mom's house is, like, kind of out in the middle of nowhere, like, in the woods, and she has, like, a bunch of land, and my stepdad hunts, and, like, this is just... If you have parents like this, you know, like, they have a big old flagpole up in the yard, and they have, like, guns everywhere. What's and- the flag that's on it? Yeah. Is it American flag or pirate flag? Le American flag, of course. Oh. Or, okay, the good one, not the racist one? Oh, yeah, no. Okay. No. I said the good one only in relation to the Confederate flag is the American flag good. <laughs> right. No, it's a United Nations flag. <laughs> no, but there's guns everywhere. He has like a big crossbow that's like hung up in one of the rooms. There's just like it's very – it's American. So they're excited about this. And Caitlin was telling me um, about like their expectations and they're like asking her questions about like what what does one do on Thanksgiving? Oh. Just eat and then fall asleep. They have no idea? No, not in this family. Thanksgiving is a big hunting morning for my stepdad. And they want, <laughs> so they were saying to her, like, we shoot gun. And she was like, well, yeah, sure. I guess, I guess you can shoot a gun if you want to. So Igor was asking, what do we do on Thanksgiving morning with the hunting? And he said, we go in the morning with your dad to hunt the fox and doe. But like, that was what he had in his mind of like, that's what you do on Thanksgiving. You wake up and you hunt the fox and doe. Oh, because the fox is like one of the main dishes at the Thanksgiving dinner? In France? I guess that's what he thought, yeah. (laughs) Even fox hunters don't eat foxes. They just torment them. That's why it's so bizarre. I mean, did he just think that your stepdad is of a fancier social class than he is? Because fox hunting is fancy, right? I guess so, yeah. You have to, like, be on horses and stuff, right? I think you just kind of tell your dogs to do it for you. Yeah, mostly. Well, here's the thing. My stepdad has never successfully shot any animal. I love that. What? Slapstick. We always get him (laughs) hunting stuff every birthday and Christmas, and he's just never been successful. He's never shot an animal, and he hunts every— Thanksgiving only, or does he hunt other times? Uh, Other times. What? Okay, love that. Why does he want to do it? (laughs) He's just not good at it, I guess. I don't know. That's crazy. But if if you're that bad at it, why would you keep doing it? This is the crazy thing to me. What What the heck? 
You need you need more and more gear, I guess. You need I, more. I I could kill an animal right now, no problem. But I choose not to. It's not Cassie. Not I'm not Cassie. talking about Cassie. I'm talking about the literally like 50 rabbits that live in my yard, or like the dozen deer that come into my yard every day. Yeah, good luck. You can't do that. But mm-hmm. if you had a gun, you could. Uh, I have better aim than both of you. Didn't you see the video I sent of myself throwing that gigantic axe? Yeah, that completely unimpressive video. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I don't think you were unimpressed. Did you see the video of me throwing an axe and missing? No, because it doesn't Oh, that, Jackie's got a good point. You've never seen yeah. us throw axes. I know. I'm better at it than you guys are. Okay. You missed it so <laughs> many times. Um, I didn't. That was the first time I'd ever thrown it. Yeah. And ever since then, you've missed it every single time. Um, <laughs> no, I threw it three more times after and it. I hit it every time. Um, no, Rachel, you missed 100% <laughs> of the axes you don't throw and you haven't thrown axes in a while. So you missed all those. Uh, I think it's more about looking cool while you do it. Wow. Uh, okay. So, Jackie, you're the one who studied poetry. Do you want to talk about Robert Frost? Yeah. I don't know much about him except that he had a pretty unhappy life and he was pretty unlucky in love a lot. And at one point he was rejected. I think his marriage proposal was rejected by the girl he wanted to marry. And he walked into a swamp and tried to drown himself. I mean, he did end up getting married and had a lot of kids. Yeah, but first he walked into a swamp. <laughs> That's what you got to do before you before you find your soulmate. You got to find a Very few duds and walk into some swamps. Fuck, is that what I have to do? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Before I find that rich patron slash girlfriend. Slash soulmate. <laughs> soulmate slash patron. Maybe that's how I should refer to her. Yeah. Which part comes first? <laughs> well, you can find the you can find the wealthy patron and then if it doesn't work out between you, it's swamp time. Oh, no. So he had six kids and most of them died before he did, sadly. Poor Robert. That does sound sad. Two out of six. Yeah. So he was born in 1874 and he died in 1963. Whoa. He is one of the most famous American poets ever. I didn't realize he lived that long or that he lived that late. He did both. Yeah. He lived long. He lived late. Uh-huh. He loved life. Nope. Clearly he loved life. He did not. He, he held on to it for so long. He's very depressed. <laughs> Come on. He was really famous for specifically writing about New England. And apparently he is the only poet to receive four Pulitzer Prizes for poetry. Oh my gosh. Four. That's a lot. I know. They only give out one a year. But I mean, he was around before there were any good poets, though, right? There weren't any good poets. (laughs) There was T.S. Eliot. Well, T.S. got at least one, didn't he? (laughs) But not four. Well, Robert was four times as good. Why would you ever need to win a Pulitzer Prize more than once? Why would they award it to the same person more than once? (laughs) He deserved it. I'm telling you, there were no other good poets. Theo. (laughs) You think I don't know my history of poetry? Oh, he knows. But what a crazy life that must have been. When you said 1870s to 1960s? Yeah. Wow. He saw so many changes in the world. Yeah, that's the greatest. I wish I would have lived in that time period. Like, that would have been so cool. But think about now could be that time period in a different way with, like, new looks and new Mm -mm. fashions. No, no way. There's never going to be a difference like that again. 1870 to 1960, that's insane. Wouldn't you rather have been born around 1900 and died around, like, right before Reagan so you could actually enjoy the 60s instead of dying, like, being so old and decrepit during them? No. Would I enjoy the 60s? Probably not. I think they were a rough time. What about those Beatles? But there was like Vietnam and like sexism and stuff. There was sexism before the 60s too. (laughs) But if I was born in 1900, I would be 60 something years old. I wouldn't be out there like frolicking around on, you know, 
hate street doing LSD and okay, things like well, that. Okay, well, think about it and get back to us next time about the 88-year span you would most want to be alive for. But the 1870s, like, America was just a lawless place back then. And then by the 60s, there are so many laws. <laughs> he was he was alive for... World War One, World War Two, uh, 90, 93 years, right? 88. Not 88. No, according to... You said, I thought you said 70 to 63. No, 74 to 63. See, now I changed my mind because 1870 to 1874 was lit. Yeah, now you're like, never mind. And if I can't have that. <laughs> if only you could have been an infant during that time. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it would have been awesome. He was pretty good looking in his youth. I'd date him. I'd pull him out of that swamp. Is there some sort of uh, flip book sort of thing where I can see him age? Um, No, there's not. Well, see, here's what I have. Um, This is... <laughs> not the most attractive picture of Robert Frost. I said in his youth he was hot. <laughs> he has a tag on his face. I know, but even so in the cover of this book that I'm showing, which I might put on the Instagram now that I've talked about it, there's a $1 sticker right in the middle of his forehead, which looks pretty pretty rough. <laughs> Damn. They don't really value him very highly, I guess. Hmm. Ooh, this makes me happy. His first collection of poems was not published until he was nearly 40. That's why he had such a long life. Because he had a lot of work to do after that. Oh, okay. But oh, see, see, I'm 30, so that means I have like probably nine years to go before I could be on par with Frosty Rob. Well, it says his first poem was published in 1894. But his first collection of poetry was not published until he was nearly 40. Okay. Look, there's still hope for me is what I'm saying. Don't you agree, Theo? There is. He looks old when, like in his elder years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he really <laughs> he does. Old. Here are two interesting things about the poem. The first one is that when he wrote it, apparently he was exhausted after having been writing like a very long poem and he looked out the window. It was late at night and I think it was like approaching dawn and he saw the snow and he all of a sudden got the idea for the poem and just quickly wrote it out in a few minutes. Wonderful. And it was very easy. And then he also said... In a letter to a friend, he called it my best bid for remembrance. And we are talking about it. Whoa. One of my friends from uh, my poetry thesis class has you start over? some of- Because of the cat. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That good producing, Thea. Uh, one of my friends from uh, my poetry thesis class in undergrad has some of the lines tattooed on her arm. It's um, and miles to go before I sleep. Is that what he meant by being remembered? She should have my little horse must think it queer tattooed on her arm. Maybe she has that somewhere. <laughs> my little else. horse must. No, think I think it that's queer. a good line. You got a lot of stuff to do before you die. Do we want to just read the whole poem, Rachel? <laughs> yeah. What poem are we reading, by the way? Yeah, we do. Uh, I think we already said, but we'll say it again. It's stopping by. But I like. Yeah. I like doing it as a reveal. Like, even though we already said it, I'm sure the audience has forgotten now. I like doing it as a reveal. The audience you has said, forgotten because you've forgotten. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure they've forgotten because they're looking at it on their screen and maybe it's like playing on their car dashboard or something. But yeah. <laughs> well, no. Those facts notwithstanding, uh, I'm sure they've forgotten. And I like the idea that we're, we're saying this is the poem that he will be remembered for. He wrote this on with a sudden inspiration. And here is the poem right here. Fill in this blank. Well, tell yeah. him, Dan. Tell him. Go ahead. Go on, B. Stopping by woods on a snowy evening. Sweet. Stopping by Elijah Woods on a snowy evening. She's doing a Dominic Monaghan impersonation. Who's that? 
He's one of the actors, the and he is like English German, so he's he can do Pippin. a good German he's accent. Pippin. No, he's Mary. Mm-hmm. Pippin Scottish. They're all Pippin. Mm-hmm. They're all Pippin. <laughs> all right. Is somebody going to read this or what? They're all Pipping all over the place. Okay. Yeah, I'll read it unless one of you wants to read it. It's Pippin off. Go ahead. Okay. It's very short. I'm not going to read it the way Theo did, I'm like a freaking clown. <laughs> what? What? You're going to read it like some emotionless not clown. I don't know. what <laughs> It's either clown or emotionless. Those are the only two ways you can read. That something. explains a lot about Theo's persona. Non grata. Hmm, that was that was kind of mean. I thought I was the one being mean to Theo on this podcast. I don't think it was that mean compared to what you said. Well, everybody's mean to Theo. Let's just move on. Just read that shit. <gasps> okay. Read that shit. Whose woods these are? I think I know. Should I put a beat behind you? Yeah, you should. Okay. But tell me what the beat's going to be so then I can read to it. Womp. Like that. That's a real clown beat. It's like the sound a clown makes when he's walking around or like a Muppet or something. Wouldn't it suck if you were you worked at a newspaper and they gave you the clown beat? There's like no <laughs> no clown news. It would ever. suck more if there was a lot of clown news. <laughs> it would suck. Yeah. Today's a light news day for clowns. This is clown town. <laughs> clown it would death. be great if you got the clown beat in clown town. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It would suck if you got weather i don't know schools education yeah <laughs> education yeah. well they have clown schools theo yeah theo how do you think people oh, become clowns they have to get a phd dr clown every clown you see is a doctor <laughs> all right okay i won't interrupt you again here we go <laughs> whose woods these are i think i know his house is in the village though he will not see me stopping here to watch his woods fill up with snow my little horse must think it queer to stop without a farmhouse near between the woods and frozen lake, the darkest evening of the year. He gives his harness bells a shake to ask if there is some mistake. The only other sounds the sweep of easy wind and downy flake. The woods are lovely, dark and deep, but I have promises to keep, and miles to go before I sleep, and miles to go before I sleep. That's so sweet. So sweet. Wait, so you're telling me he was just sitting inside looking out the window when he wrote this? Yeah. Yeah, that's bizarre to me because I feel like that seems like he's immersed in the outdoors. He's thinking about being immersed. Oh, wow. What an imagination he had. <laughs> being inside looking at the woods, imagining being outside looking <laughs> at the woods. <laughs> yeah. Visionary. I do actually like this, though. Gosh. Did you Have you never heard it before? No, I, I have encountered it, but I had totally forgotten about it. Or not about it. I have totally forgotten it. This was his best bid for remembrance. So, okay. So you like this. Initial instinct, you're keeping it in the canon, Thee? I don't, yeah, definitely. Jackie's mad. I'm putting it in the canon if it's not already there. Jackie doesn't like it? So what do you guys like about the poem? I love the rhyme scheme. Really? What do you mean, really? (laughs) You said you love this poem. (laughs) I mean, Theo, you saw that the poem, like the stanzas are kind of connected in a chain. Isn't that cool? You don't think so? Explain. A chain? The the rhyme scheme is A-A-B-A- Mm-hmm. But the B of the first stanza becomes the A in the next stanza. Uh, so it's like A, A, B, A, B, B, C, B, C, C, D, C. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it connects. So while you're reading it, you can be like, oh, I know what the scheme is going to be for the next stanza. I know what it's like, what the rhyme has to be. Oh, because normally you have to wait to find out. Yeah, but this time. For the next so issue. <laughs> no, though, here snow, queer near lake year, shake, mistake, sweep, flake, deep, keep, sleep, sleep. Isn't that nice? 
Wait, maybe that's a better poem, <laughs> what you just said. The thing I just said is better than the whole thing Robert Frost wrote? Yeah. Shake, mistake, sweep, flake. <laughs> well, okay, but can you tell me, so we, we just read the last word of each line. Can you read me the first word of each line? Oh, it spells a special message. <laughs> <laughs> because we're going back in time. I told Robert Frost to hide something in here for you guys. <laughs> Who's his? He too. My too between the. He to the of. The but and and. See, I often get self-conscious when I'm writing poems and my starting words are weak, but clearly I don't have to worry about it anymore because this was pretty weak starting words. So you just forced me to read that so you could buck yourself up? No, I just really wanted to know because, I mean, I could kind of picture the poem in my head, but I'm not looking at it. But Mm. I do think it's interesting how we only really pay attention to the end of the line, but you're starting the whole line and you don't even think about that word at all. Well, that's because of the rhymes. If your poem doesn't rhyme, people will pay more attention to the beginning. Yeah, but I still think every word in a poem is important. So it's just funny to me how we always break the line on a word that doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, I think lots of, doesn't it seem like lots of times in English, it's like the first word of the sentence is unaccented. It's always like, ba-da, ba-da, ba-da. Yeah. I guess I am. I am. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to Fire the Cannon. I don't know. That that doesn't work with our tagline at all. (laughs) True. That's why we're doing so poorly. Oh my God. Welcome to Fire the Cannon. We got to turn it into a limerick somehow. Oh, welcome to Fire the Cannon. <laughs> a wonderful <laughs> podcast, I know. <laughs> Keep going. We'd love you to listen. And then what's something that rhymes with that? <laughs> uh, something about, what, kissing? What's going to rhyme with listen? Oh, we'd love you to listen. It'll sure get you kissing. Uh, and here's a poem about snow. <laughs> that was we'll terrible. Kissing. That was oh, so God. terrible. So, okay, should we take five minutes and figure out what limerick we're going to do? No. Oh, wait, no. no, it's supposed to be a limerick that we use to open every single episode, not just this episode? Um, maybe next episode. For, for the next episode, we're each going to come up with a limerick that introduces the podcast, and we're going to say it. That's our promise to you, listeners. See, right. here's what I predict, Theo, though. You're going to tell <laughs> us to do forget. that, and then you're going to be like, oh, actually, I didn't want to do it, so I didn't do it. No, this is something I want to do because I'm saying it. He actually wants to do it this time. But you also said we should end the episode by picking a different name for the book, and you said, I don't think I could do that. <laughs> well, that that does seem like sort of your things to do. But the limerick is <laughs> not. I think I did really well with that one limerick we did that one time. Oh, anybody can write a limerick. That is perfect because the next episode that comes out after this will be our anniversary episode and everyone knows on an anniversary the married couple they always write limericks for each other about each other it's our limerick anniversary (laughs) the one year that would be an excellent anniversary tradition actually but sorry jackie let's get back to what you were saying yeah no i was just gonna say i think this poem lends itself really well to people creating parodies of it so rachel i'm assuming you've seen like the donald trump version no he parodied it? I don't think he could write it. No, a poem. somebody else parodied it. Explain. Is it a deep fake where, they, where it's like, oh my God, Donald Trump is reciting poetry? <laughs> How funny. Here, I'll just read it to you. It's this poem. Someone parodied it as though he's saying it. So, I have a pretty good idea whose woods these are, believe me. And let me tell you something. My people say he's a complete nobody. This guy lives in the village. So, what if he sees me stopping here? I dare him to sue me. I dare him. And by the way, this snow is pathetic. These are by far the least downy flakes ever. My horse doesn't even know what the hell we're doing here. To read the rest, click here. Okay. (laughs) No, I'm sure it's copyrighted. We probably should. I didn't realize that wasn't the full version. (laughs) That's enough, I think. I bet I could do a pretty good version of this. I'm good at rhymes. Yeah. All right. Do we have to do this also? I'm not going to do it during the episode. (laughs) Sorry. Can I just ask one question about the rhyme scheme that Rachel talked Mm -hmm. about? 
Sure. Is that a really abnormal thing? I thought that was like kind of a common thing to do that. No, I like that it's chained and I don't think it's so unique. I just like it. I find it satisfying and I would find it satisfying in any poem. Okay. It's less common than not being chained, but it's, it's not so crazy. There's all kinds of rhyme schemes. Yep. That's her poetry degree talking. Hey, it was just a minor, guys. (laughs) (laughs) There's all kinds of rhyme schemes. Okay, I'll just ask you before I say, so what what do you think the poem's about? Because, Theo, you said it's sweet. Rachel, what do you think it's about? (laughs) I don't think it has a super deep meaning. I think it's mostly about stopping by the woods. And obviously, people can read into part of it, you know, Mm -hmm. the bit about, look, I've got things to do before I can relax. Mm -hmm. That's the part everyone's like, oh, my gosh, so deep. By which I mean relax forever. But I don't necessarily think that's that has to be the correct reading. I think it could just be a nice poem about how pretty the woods are. I will say, I think I probably didn't get that kind of darker meaning from it until my friend got those last two lines tattooed on her arm. And then I was like, oh man, like those are the big ones. So it's a poem about not killing yourself. Yeah. I mean, it does seem like if you're repeating that at the end and, you know, you're kind of asking for it. Also, yeah. if he's a guy who kept trying to walk into the freaking swamp. I, I don't know. I guess something I do think is kind of sweet is that like, but I have promises to keep. I kind of like that line. Like he's alone the whole time. And then, you know, but he's still thinking like, Oh, I have to go back because these other people are counting on me for things. I don't know. Isn't that nice? I think that's kind of sweet. Human connection. Yeah. And it's also kind of hard because it's like he's not saying, I love hanging around here. I'd like to get out of these woods because just for me, he's going for other people. Mm. So this was, so he actually, he tried to drown himself in the Great Dismal Swamp, which is pretty close to where we all grew up. I can't think of a better swamp. This says, he made his way into the Dismal Swamp. The light from the moon guided his way past treacherous sinkholes. Here Frost came to the spot where the road he traveled upon disappeared into the water. Frost was, quote, half in love with easeful death. And that's what I think about when I think about this poem. It's not about like going out with a big bang or anything. I think it's just about like being tired and just like wanting to stop. Which is sad. But in the end, he didn't go into the swamp or he managed to get out of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's definitely sad, but I think it's encouraging for people. It also has some good nature imagery. You've got a cute little horse. Everybody loves a poem with a horse in it. But the horse doesn't understand him. The horse is like, what is this guy's problem? (laughs) (laughs) I'm cold. (laughs) Why is there no farmhouse? So... I listened to the first episode of a different podcast, um, and I believe it was uh, narrated by John Stamos. This was uh, the podcast about the kidnapping of Frank Sinatra's son. No free clout, so I'm not going to say the name, but John <laughs> that's pretty specific, so I guess. <laughs> the John Stamos yeah. <laughs> podcast about Frank Sinatra's son. Yeah, we're not going to tell you what it's called, though. Yeah, but I'm not going to specify what it is, though. <laughs> yeah. But so he starts it out by reading this poem. And he tries to make it into something sinister. And he's like, at first glance, this is just a a nice little poem about riding your horse through some woods. But when you look at it closer, you start to realize it might be about a serial killer. What? (laughs) Yeah. Then he tried to make it into this whole, I don't know if it was John Stamos doing this or whoever just wrote it, but. Anything could be about a serial killer. And everything is. Now I'm worried that I have the wrong podcast, but I'm pretty sure I am thinking of the right thing. Yeah. So he was like, whose woods these are, I think I know. He will not, his house is in the village, though. He will not see me stopping here. So it's like furtive and you're trying to hide something and. They're just looking at a guy's woods. Or you're burying a body. No. 
But that he's that is reading so much into it that's not there. I know, I know. It, like even at the time, I was like, "This is so stupid." I'm loving this poem. Yeah, that's so silly. That is so silly. Also, if he's a serial killer, why would his horse think it's weird for them to stop in the middle of nowhere? The horse would be used True. to it. Horse would be like, "Oh, serial killing again? No problem, <laughs> dude." Well, it's the darkest evening of the year, you know. No, that wouldn't. I could see if someone was like, "What if this guy's a murderer bearing a body?" Uh, I still don't like it, but whatever. But saying like, "What if he's a serial killer?" That's silly. They took it too far. Yeah, one time, sure, I'll buy it. But multiple murders, don't. <laughs> there's think so. there's no evidence for it, the person being a killer, and there's negative evidence for this person to be a, a multiple killer, a serial killer. Mm. They tried it though. They tried it. John, come on the pod and defend yourself. Yeah, yeah. If you actually did say that, if you dare, yeah, and yeah, and if it was you, <laughs> you know, I think we should cut that out because I honestly, I listened to two podcasts and they were both about something a crime happening in the snow and frank sinatra was kidnapped on a snowy evening frank sinatra was frank sinatra's son i mean frank sinatra's son <laughs> i don't think we have to cut it out just for that well you gotta leave it but in. i got the whole podcast wrong yeah i think we should accuse more podcasts of saying stupid joe things. rogan you got your take wrong <laughs> <laughs> if you guys want good takes you should come to fire the cannon excellent takes yeah. i do think joe should come on and defend his interpretation of the poem though Joe? You mean John Samos? No, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogue. Oh, Number one podcast. Oh, no, I don't want to talk to him. So there's another story behind the writing of this poem. I told you the one about how he was just all of a sudden like zip, zap, zop. Okay, here's the other one. It was that while... So this was one of the... This was the poem that came out in his first volume that he published. So he was really struggling as an artist before then, and his family was very poor. And so to support them, he was just like writing his poems, and he was also farming. The story is that on the winter solstice, he was like like on his way back from a market where he was trying to sell his farmed goods, and he hadn't sold very much, and he stops by the woods, and he's just overcome with shame, and he starts weeping. Aww. And then he's like, okay, gotta get home, and then keeps going. Oh, no, I hate that. Why? <laughs> but he becomes very famous. <laughs> later but did he live to enjoy it yeah he got four pulitzer prizes oh yeah that's true (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's why they gave him four they're like usually (laughs) we limit this to like one per life but yeah we just feel so bad for you (laughs) yeah i think more farmers should win a pulitzer prize for poetry i agree Hmm. maybe only farmers Rachel, they should just have a Pulitzer Prize for farming. That's what you want. No, I want farmers <laughs> to win it for poetry. I'm sick of all these people with MFAs winning. Well, then can poets win it for farming? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were some sort of gatekeeper or something. I'm going to say I don't really care about this guy who owns the woods. I kind of don't care about that part of the poem. But he has a house <laughs> in the village, Theo. That's impressive. It's. I think the point is that the guy – So. The speaker of the poem has this connection to the woods, and the person who actually owns the woods doesn't. He doesn't even live near them. Has no connection. Yeah. But it sounds like he's implying that if he was there to see him stopping and watching the snow, he'd be pissed. He'd be like, get your eyeballs off my woods. (laughs) Yeah, why? Like, don't look at my snow. (laughs) You gotta pay for that. I don't think he's saying, like, the guy would be mad if I looked at his woods. I think he's just saying, oh, these belong to Village Jake, the guy who lives in the village. He's not gonna even see this. I mean, he does seem to be getting some sort of 
perverse pleasure. Perverse from looking, at, freaking from looking at these woods and knowing no one else knows. Like he's like, oh, I know I'm not supposed to look at these, but he doesn't say he's not supposed. I know I'm not to. supposed to look at these. So now you think Theo's like, ah, I don't like the poem anymore. Speakers of perv. No, it seems like he makes him like it more. <laughs> I was yeah, I was kind of getting into it. These woods, these are. It's like usually you have to go through with a blindfold, but I'm peeping right at these guys <laughs> like a perv. Yeah. <laughs> He's always imagining he's in this poem. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you think he made like a winter wonderland in his head that he lives in now? Now? I have a very specific <laughs> image. <laughs> go on, Jackie. No, no, no. That's we my... need to go back to that. Do you think he made a winter wonderland that he currently resides so in? So when he died, his body disappeared. <laughs> and went into his imagined no heaven. Knows. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty romantic idea. Now isn't the right word, but I guess, I mean. No, it's not the right word, concept, thought. I guess I'm just wondering, do you think this whole poem is just like a snapshot of something he imagined like more fully? Or it's just he was like, these are the words I know. I'm going to write these ones down. <laughs> what? He's like Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Do you think people write poems? <laughs> Here are the words I know. Table, scarf, candelabra. You take all the no. words you know, shake them up in a hat, toss them out on the table, and then da, 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 rearrange it. There you have a poem. Well, that's a Dada poem. That's a thing. Ooh, Rachel I got don't care about served. Them. Or maybe owned. owned. I got sewned. Me and Philip tried to make one of those one time. Did I ever tell you about it? You did? You didn't. Yeah, in high school, we cut up a bunch of words and we <laughs> put them, all all these little confetti words, and we put them in our mouths and then we tried to spit them out and see what poem it would form. But it was paper? It was, yeah, so you see- Paper get wet? Look at you. You're smarter than a 15-year-old. So what happened was they all just got stuck in our <laughs> mouth. you ate them. Oh, I know how to fix that. I bet if you ate two saltines right before that, your mouth would be dry enough that it would have worked. Oh, it'd be yeah. dry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we didn't think of that. So we just had all these words and words in our mouths. That's why I'm a mumble mouth. All right. Well, I guess, should we promise? We'll do this for the episode after next episode. Let's make that promise. What? To make Dada poems? We're going to eat two saltines and then we're going to spit out words from our mouth and we're going to make great poetry. Probably undoubtedly great. I'm going to put some words in my mouth, spit them into Rachel's mouth. Rachel's going to spit them out somewhere else, and then we'll just see what happens. Where's Theo come into this? I don't have to do <laughs> I don't have to do it either. <laughs> Jackie's trying to acclimate us to the human centipede idea. This is step one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That'd be great if we each had a printer and we each sent each other one word that we had to eat. Wait, Theo, that's your that's your dream is that we each have a printer and then like I map your printer to my drive in Cincinnati and just like print a word randomly. Yeah. And it's like, oh, gosh, I have to eat this word. And don't just do poop. Mm. Don't just do poop. Mm. <laughs> don't just poop do, and pee. Do something like poop fart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but think about the worst food. Like think about what's the food you don't like? Goat cheese. Goat cheese. Think about if I printed out the words goat cheese and said, you have to eat this. Wouldn't that be less appetizing than a piece of paper that had like delicious ice cream on it? For me, no. No, honestly, it would. I mean, I would rather eat a piece of paper than goat cheese. Okay. But <laughs> okay. would you rather eat a piece of paper with something delicious on it than something not delicious? I think I would. I would rather eat paper with a concept on it. Like happiness. Oh. I'd rather eat happiness mm. than ice cream. Ooh. Well, what about just happy? Yeah. Should we try it? I think we should try more wacky stunts on our podcast. <laughs> yeah. More food stunts. Do you want us to? No, look here. I'm going to do it. I'm going to write the word indigestion. No, don't. Oh, don't no. write indigestion. No, don't eat that word. Don't eat that word. Don't eat that word. It's going to come true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, fame and fortune for the podcast. Write that. What about bowel regularity? What makes you assume I don't already have that? <laughs> don't 
you want to continue? I mean, it's better than eating indigestion. Well, the joke was that I would eat this and then it would just become a self-fulfilling prophecy because I'm eating the paper. Uh, no, really. What should I write? What should I eat? Famous podcast. <laughs> That's the emotion I want. <laughs> I want to feel famous podcast. Okay. You want famous podcast? What are you writing it with? Oh, did you want me to do blood? I was wondering, if I was thinking like, is she doing it with like cake icing? Cause come on. Yeah. You know, just the cake icing I keep in my drawer here. Okay. All right. Ready? Yeah. Hold your mouth up to the mic so they know you're actually doing it. She did it. Do I have to swallow it? Yeah, obviously. I mean, if you're eating it, you do, but no, you don't have to. I don't think I actually want to swallow it. Why? It's just paper. Aren't you guys going to think I'm crazy if I swallow this paper? No. I don't think you're more crazy if you spit it out, but go ahead and spit it out if you really want to. Do I really? Oh, you don't oh, have okay. to swallow it. It tastes pretty good, doesn't it? She's getting into mm-hmm. it. Mm, it tastes like fame. <gasps> mm. What's famous, though? Is there anything in particular or just fame in general? What's famous? It's our podcast. Nice. Are you going to swallow it or are you going to spit it out? She's still chewing. <gasps> okay. She swallowed it. Wait, lift your tongue up. There's nothing in there, everyone. Jackie ate a piece of paper. I can still feel it sitting right there. (laughs) I'm sure you'll feel it for a while. Yeah. Do you think I'm going to (laughs) die? No. No, you definitely won't die. I've definitely eaten paper before. Really? And look at how he's turned out. Yeah. (laughs) I remember what I'm trying to say like half the time. It's great. Well, if we ever do get famous, we'll know why. (laughs) Not from all our hard work. Now eat another one that says three new patrons. That was actually a much better better goal no 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 <laughs> how about, okay how about this stretch goal if we get three new patrons jackie will eat a piece of paper that says, that says your name oh, no jackie it. will eat a ream of paper no. jackie will eat 20 pounds of paper <laughs> i will eat a piece of paper that says your greatest wish on it Ooh, that could be like the new make a wish program tell me what you're wishing for and then i will write it on a piece of paper and, and then eat it. it'll come true for jackie <laughs> And then it'll come true for you, Jackie, not for them. All right. If you could be one character in this poem, which one would you be? The horse. Horse. No, the guy who owns the woods. Damn. Dang. I should have said that. Why do I want to be a confused horse? What do you want to be? I guess I'll just settle for the serial killer. (laughs) Wait, you could be John Stamos, though. Then it would be so easy to get a rich patroness. (laughs) All right. Okay. Oh, wait. We're not firing this, right? Don't we all like this? I like this a lot, actually. I think Robert Frost kind of has a reputation where people are like... (laughs) Robert Frost, he's not that good, but he's pretty good. Yeah, this is kind of nice. Who says he's not that good? A lot of people kind of look down on Robert Frost because they're kind of thinking, oh, that's so obvious. He's just writing about like the land and the earth and stuff. But that's like every pastoral poet ever before like 1950. I know. And some people look down on that. Well, they're like, no, you need to write about the greatest minds of your generation being destroyed by drugs and stuff. And I'm like, no, you don't. You can just write about a horse having a fun time and then getting confused. Yeah, jingling its janglers or whatever the line was. You could just write about a horse being confused as shit. Yeah. Oh, confused horse poems. I was so confused. I could feel this paper inside of me. <laughs> really? It kind of hurts. Yeah. Damn. Or maybe Jackie, I'm just I told you, it. you did not have to swallow it, but I did have to. I'm worried that this is actually the start of your new thing on the podcast, Jackie, that you're just going to keep doing like pranks on yourself. <laughs> Eating weird stuff. Eating weird stuff, just doing dares and everything. Nobody dared me to do that. We didn't dare her, yeah. Yeah, well. You did kind of give me the sense that you would scorn me if I didn't, though. But Scorn you if you do, scorn you if you don't. So, well, come back next time and find out if uh, 
I'm dead or not. <laughs> See if this paper has moved any further in my gastrointestinal system. Yeah. Dad, I'm sorry. You put a lot of time and effort into raising a girl who eats paper. <laughs> you wanted this to for happen? For no reason. No one even dared me. <laughs> I will say, just because of our recording schedule audience, if you do hear Jackie on the next episode, it still doesn't mean she is alive at that point when you're hearing the episode. Right. It's only about the point when she was recording. Yeah. Better go ahead and follow me on Instagram just to be safe. <laughs> you don't want to miss it. This content might not last long. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this rambling, poetic little discussion. And please visit us on Instagram and Twitter at Fire the Cannon Pod. Our website is firethecannonpod.com. Facebook group is at Fire the Cannon Podcast. Our email address is firethecannonpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, please check out our Patreon. That is patreon.com slash firethecannon. It only took me like 10 11 months to get through all of that without messing it up really badly anytime so nice claps for jack claps for jack Now that's the best poem. Go ahead, Rachel. Start over. I don't... Read read the poem again, I think. Read the whole poem again. (laughs)